Sweat Equity Podcast and Streaming Show, the number one business business podcast in the world. I'm so excited because we got John Huck of the Speaking Highly Podcast and my good buddy who's a stand-up comedian. You can see him on uh, This Is Not Happening on Comedy Central, cc.com or or YouTube if you've seen those. This Is Not Happening stories. This is really funny about going Oktoberfest. Uh, number one business comedy podcast in the world, pragmatic and entrepreneurial advice with real raw dog talk. Uh, I'm your host, Lost Miss, and to my right, your left is Eric Redinger. Some people call me cool, Eric. Still true. And we're 2020's best small, medium enterprise business advisory podcast in the United States from Lux Global Excellence Awards provided by Lux Life Magazine. Boom! Wow. That's how we do it. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. This episode. 298 is sponsored by Grasshopper. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat like Key Sweat gets you $75 off an annual plan. What? Grasshopper, you say? It's a scalable business phone line. You need a vanity phone number for your business? Boom! Grasshopper's right there jumping all over. Get it? Grasshopper jumping? Um, Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat like defensive end Montez Sweat? Get you 75 bones off an annual plan. Who's doing that for you? No one in the podcast game but us. That's trygrasshopper.com forward slash sweat, like Key Sweat. Montez Sweat gets $75 off that annual plan. You can add phone numbers to this. You can do the desktop app if you like to do that. I can text from the desktop app. Ooh, that's I like big. That. Yeah, because I got sweaty fingers and I like the keyboard. I like the old school keyboard. I like to talk to people through that. You can port numbers in. You don't need to get a second phone, like a burner phone, like a drug dealer. And if you have a Google Voice number, did you know you can't do advertisements to that Google Voice number? Not for businesses. Oh. So what's it for? It's Google. not. It's not for. It's just collecting data over time, uh-huh. slowly knowing what you like, year by year, because nothing's free, baby. Ain't no free lunches in business. Am I right? Am I right? Let's get it started. Howdy, Tony. What about my sweat equity? I haven't, no. No. Well, we've done 300? Almost. Almost 300, yeah. That's a lot, dude. That's fantastic, man. Congratulations. Yeah, man. It's, uh... It's the only consistent thing in my life the last five years. I know. Dude, I've, I've never gotten a podcast over uh, 198 episodes or something like that. Well, to be <laughs> fair, our, that's pretty good, man. Ours is pretty cheat code because ours are 33 minutes. So. Yeah, but that's doesn't – I don't think it's about – it's not about the time necessarily as much as it is about the dedication of getting one out every week, of getting the guests, of – continuing that and like eric also being into it that's what i always ran into i was like it would be be like yeah yeah just as the thing is picking up steam i'm like we're doing it and then the person i was doing it with is like i don't want to do it anymore i'm like okay and you can't i mean i completely understand that people have lives they don't want to be involved in podcasts all the time in a weird way so i was doing it before eric but eric came in and made it a lot better oh thank you and then we found we both we both kind of cathartically needed this uh, I mean, especially when you couldn't get on stage to do stand up. Uh, just the connection you can sort of get from something like this. 
Yeah, and like I, I may now never reach out to you otherwise. You know, we might just follow each other online and say, "Oh, cool." You know, uh, you're going to mention the first white woman goalie because I'm waiting for a black yeah. chick to come fuck it up. <laughs> just um, awesome. Well, look, you got people like Sarah. I think her name is Sarah Nurse. Um, she's. Um, I don't know that that she's necessarily retired, but I think. She, I mean, I don't know that she's aiming to play in the NHL, but I feel like. Okay. She's a player that could make it in the NHL if she if she worked, but I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Wait, you mean the player you posted about on your? No, Instagram? that was that was 1992 or whatever. What was her played. name? Her name. Her name was. I, I'm not going to do it any justice. It's, like it's very. It, yes, it's it's like. Um, I want to say it's French. Yeah, I think it's so. French Canadian because I, it's like red red. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still listening? And, uh, again, I'm not trying to like butcher it. I just don't know how to say it. Uh, well, yeah, and you checked in at a very, uh, for anybody, we're rolling, so anybody listening, if you go on John Huck's Instagram, he posted a few days before recording this that, you know, it, I don't know if you meant to because you're coming on this show, probably not, but. I did, it was, it was the fact that she played for the Lightning, I was just searching to see if any woman had ever played in the NHL, and she's the one who popped up. And yeah, and there, that would have been the first year the Lightning was in play in Tropicana where the Rays play now. No, they played in the fairgrounds their first year. They did? I went to a game. Oh, wow. I went to a game at the went, fairgrounds. I it thought 93 like... they played in the Tropicana. No, they moved on. They moved oh. over to Wait, the baseball field. But their first, they played it, first of all, they played in the Tropicana. That is a cavernous. Yeah. I mean, I'd have a hockey team in there. It would be so weird. I so think, personally. if you read the extra 2%, there's actually some cool Chicago stuff in there. It's one of the best business books. I like to throw out. It's about how the Rays used, applied Moneyball to part of the game, but also managerial experience matters too. And it's it's awesome business book, uh, or just metaphor for business if you want to kind of think about it in that direction. And sure. if you're like us, where you need this kind of through line of baseball to kind of keep you entertained for a business book, Joni Carey did a great job with it. But he does a great job. I didn't know this, and I grew up here, uh, and so did Eric. Uh, that Tropicana was built before they had a team. So every team yeah. used it as leverage to get a new stadium. Chicago White Sox had an interesting one in 89 where they were supposed to like pass something. I know you're a Cubs fan, but uh, in 89, they're supposed to do some bill where like if the clock strikes midnight and we don't all agree on X, Y, and Z to get a new stadium, Kaminsky, I guess, uh, what that became, or Co-America Park, or whatever it is now. Yeah, it, Comiskey was the, their the original park, and then the U.S. Co cellular Comerica. or something like that. What? Yes, it is U.S. Cellular now, okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. So, uh, <laughs> look, I'm big into naming rights of stadiums. Yeah, weird. <laughs> know that. I have a weird Asperger's brain for, like, a lot of this stuff. That's the kind of stuff you just hear, and then it sinks in, and you're like, I think that's where they play. Yeah. You just know because you know. Uh, well, uh, plus, you know. The big hurt played for the red, for the White Sox, so I was kind of before we had a team here. I was kind of a White Sox guy. Uh, I love the big hurt. Hey, is he War, an Auburn guy? Or Eagle that? Uh, okay, there guy. we go. We have Bo Jackson, Charles I Barkley, it, and, I and Frank Thomas all in the same era. All were number thirty four. That's why I sport wow. number thirty four and everything. Yeah, uh, sporting a big erection too. Dude, I have a chub. Uh, I passed my uh, my sperm test at oh, the vasectomy yeah. doctor. Congratulations! Ooh, what'd you get? Uh, a? Nothing. C, zero. C minus. You want to? got a zero. Want, yeah, you want a zero. Yeah. I high fived the nurse. What? She thought it was weird, but I was like, "Yippee!" Was that just to make sure your boys can swim? What's no the... cannot can't... swim. I, I'm cut. 
I got I'm two and oh kids. I don't need any more. I I feel go. like I'm going out. I'm going out like LaShawn McCoy, two Super Bowl wins in a row. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, a little that's a good pull. Uh and I don't need any more kids. I'm good, man. Uh, put me in the dad hall of fame, I guess. Was he even on the team? Did he even? He was on the Chiefs. Oh, I'm talking about the Bucks. He was on year. the Bucks. I know, but did he actually like suit he up did. for the Super Bowl? Yeah, he may. He, he gets <laughs> a ring. Nobody knows. We forget we had Lejean like McCoy. The towel boy gets riding the bench. He got a ring. Uh, but uh, so they talk about uh, Chicago, and this is a Chicago politics story. That's what you hear about. It made me interested. Maybe go deep, do a deep dive. On uh, some of the windy city politics stuff, but like, uh, so the the time elapses. They're going to lose the White Sox to Tampa. They're going to Tampa to have this new stadium in '89 or '90 or something like that. And then a guy physically gets up on this big clock, like a politician in a suit, physically w- climbs up to this clock, winds it back an hour, <laughs> and they redo. Everybody votes again. Fucking White Sox stay there. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't know that there was a chance that they were um, – I, I didn't think they were trying to leave. I just thought they wanted a new stadium. It's leverage, right? Yeah. So it's all – but, all, but the, I didn't know the Giants did it too. They said the Giants uh, in San Francisco, they're on the tarmac getting ready to go into their private jet to fly to Tampa – and like the mayor of San Francisco and a bunch of other people are like, no, 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 like very romantic stories about like, yeah, chasing the plane, right? But, <laughs> oh, and, but in a business sense, in a, uh, a, a municipal sense, how dumb uh, St. Pete or Pinellas County was, uh, or the Tampa Bay area for putting a stadium before they had a team. That's pretty. That's pretty weak because you're like using a few, lot of taxpayer dollars to do that. And. It's one of the few instances where it's happened. They said, and the reason that it doesn't happen before you have to get the stadium done before you have the team and stuff is because of this. They're still dealing yeah. with that stupid thing too. Like it should be, you know, in Hillsborough County, we're still dealing with Tampa lease is. issues and stuff like that. Where it's like, oh my god, how much longer is that? Isn't it next year? I think the lease is up, and who cares? Yeah, it it it's neither here nor there. But to to put a bow into this, you were you're promoting on your Instagram some interesting stories. I noticed sports sports wise, right? Just yeah. I mean, I, I try to do I try to keep my Instagram um, like one column. I'm trying to do this like one column is just for my podcast. One column is just for random personal stuff that I post, like goofy shit, and then. One is for uh, his, history or related to if like if we're going through like it's Women's History Month, so I'm gonna put up we know. you know stuff that interests me that is like involved in that. So it'll be kind of like a historic sort of sports, historic and mostly sports because that's I find when I go back in history, I'm always curious as to who won the World Series that year or who you know, and I and I'm always coming back to oh that year was this and this happened around sports somehow and then whatever else can I, can I nominate someone who's uh near and dear to eric's kind of neighborhood is babe zaharis oh, yeah. babe zaharis yeah golfer female oh. golfer yeah okay okay look, yeah look her she up. was supposed Pretty to be one of the best athletes of all time as a woman or something. i don't know what else she played when did she played. when did she play uh, <sighs> 30s, long time 40s. ago yeah, like, oh, yeah. oh wow cool i like see the to me it's nice when you because a lot of times you go in like, who was the first woman to do this? Or who was the first black person to do this? And then you type it in and then the answer you get is like 
somebody from like last week and you're like, dude, it's too, <laughs> it, it took this long for like, it, it's just, it gets to be, you just feel like it's insane. But her name was what? I'm going to write babe? it down. Babe? Like the pig, babe? Okay. Or like the baseball player. Uh, look. Like the like pig. The pig. <laughs> like the pig. She's babe, a, like the pig. Like the I can say because she's, she's, like she's not a pig. Bag. She's She was an athlete. Uh, and then that's a good <laughs> saying. No athletes have ever been pigs before. <laughs> Uh, you've never seen curling, boy. Uh, uh, Charles Barkley. Wait. Oh. The round mound to rebound? Come yeah. on. Uh, His name was the round. <laughs> it was who six six four, but rebounded better than people that are like six eight, six yeah. nine. That's why I like him. Legit talent. Uh, and, he, and look, he's he's the closest thing to a comedian analyst. I do now. love Charles Barkley. I'm not gonna. Lie. I don't think you like. I don't know too much about basketball, but I've never not. I mean. When he, when the Suns and the Bulls, I guess I was like, you know, Charles Barkley's annoying, but like now I'm like, I like him. I just think he's he says what he wants to say, and it's never anything that's like so insanely offensive or crazy where you're like, oh, you have weird ideas. He's just like out there doing yeah. his thing. I like anybody who doesn't look like they're supposed to look. Charles Bar, even like that's fair. George Gervin is all like <laughs> yeah. Kevin Durant, that sort of shit. Like you know, like Bartolo yeah. Colon, that guy's a professional athlete. Dude, when he hit that home run yeah. like two or three seasons ago, and they clock him running, it's like two minutes to get <laughs> yeah. around the bases or whatever. Oh, yeah. I was that I live for that kind of uh, yeah, fat me pitchers too. hitting dingers is like what? <laughs> uh, I live for fat pitchers just fielding the ball. To see yeah, him like doing wandering anything. around, it's just like you're an athlete. Holy shit! That, like, that's the thing, dude. That's what. Ba- that's why I think baseball is great, is because you can still, even today, you can still have those guys with a little bit of. It's not as bad or right. as prom, prem, uh, prevalent, but like you can't do that in football unless you're a lineman, I guess. Hockey, you got to be in shape, man. You can't be oh, like yeah. eh, like cigars and chicken wings. It's like, dude. And we feel like a spurned ex-girlfriend that you have uh, Joe Madden uh, as your Not anymore. I know, but, I mean, you had him him to get you there, you know? Yeah. Oh, dude. You got him uh, in the good times. You know, when he had a good back, when he was was, (laughs) going through a midlife crisis, you know? I I mean. You got him in the good husband years. restaurant. I I loved him. He was taking you out all the time. He never took us out. Dude, I love him. Like, I, I still, to this, like, I'll watch Angels games just to catch a glimpse of him in the dugout and be like, hey, all right, buddy. Like, I, I love the guy. Dude, he's one of the few guys I've met in person that I completely fanboyed out. And I was like, yeah. extra 2%. I read that book, man. It's cool. My dad. My dad claims to have played baseball against him at some point. I don't know. I guess they oh. grew up in the same area. My Hazleton, dad, PA, baby. Yeah. My dad was, he was drafted by the Reds, but. Oh, nice. Chose football and then blew his knee out. Yeah, we're both failures of her dad's. Uh, yeah, I mean, his dad played pro football, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. Who'd your dad play for? He played for the L.A. Rams for five years and then the Washington Redskins for a year. He was No, shit. I didn't know that, man. That's cool. Yeah, look up, if you look up Larry Smith, or you look at the 1969 Playboy All-American team, mm. it's a picture with him and O.J. and a bunch of other guys. Wow. Uh, so I like to say O.J.'s your BFF, and he never laughed at that joke. But uh, <laughs> Dude, it could have been, dude. Could have been your dad and that white Bronco going. You know who this is. Well, this yeah. is Law Smith's dad. <laughs> yeah, it would, he would have been. He would have been, been, been AC in that situation. Yeah. That's what I mean. Oh well, yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah. Because AC calls. You know who this is. This is AC. I got OJ. Well, like, I think he did live in Brentwood at one one point in time. So could have. Where happened. was oh. your dad that night? Um, we, well, I bet if he was. I, know, a, I, I, I was with him that day because I was at a Gator because okay. he played for the uh, Florida Gators. They do a reunion every year. He played like with Spurrier when uh, he was his quarterback. 
uh, when he won the Heisman and stuff. And uh, they do a reunion every year in Crystal River where all the manatees are out here uh, called uh, Silver 60. So all the 60s football players, they meet up. Once a year, they tell the same stories over and over. Sure, man. Yeah, and have a I couple remember, beers, slap each other on the back. Yeah, and I remember. No, it's awesome. It's awesome to hear the stories because look, it took them. I told you the story, and I bring it up when I get drunk watching the games just to annoy our other friend. But it took till like five years ago. My dad telling this story where he beat Tommy Smith, uh, the the uh, the sprinter, Olympic sprinter, in a foot race in like the 90, 1969, like spring training for or the football uh yeah, summer season yeah they brought yeah. in they were starting to bring in outside athletes at that time that was like oh time. yeah and to... so they put smith against smith george allen did it uh dick vermeil his special teams coach who he had uh who he had uh yeah he cried a lot uh who he had thanksgiving with because he'd have the rookies <laughs> cool. have thanksgiving that's cool and he had an off-season job which is the other part so he went to tigerland boot camp uh, for one one off season, I think he went to school for another. Had another job in the off season back in the day. Wow. Yeah. If you get cool. now, you're getting this makeup of this frantic, always doing stuff thing. I have. Hey. This might this Am might I be as wild. good as my dad now. No, just you got you got to keep moving. You got to keep doing Am stuff. I as good as my dad now. No, oh, no, I'll never be, dude. He's the most like modest. I know. He's like the most modest dude of all time. Uh, That's but, nice to hear though, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, you put him on stage, he's like, he'll like puke. Oh, all yeah, over his you destroy cards. him on stage. Yeah, I'll fucking heckle the <laughs> shit out of him. <laughs> but here, here's, ah. a, here's something uh, gratitude your way because I'm always, uh, I'm always thankful when you wanted to record your CD or your album about 10 years ago, you asked me to open for you. And that it was always one of those nice things in comedy because you, Mark Franco at least told me this. I don't know if it was real or not. I'm going to say it was real that you specifically asked for me to open. Now, looking back, it might be you might want someone that not it's like Will not do, Smith is not, available. Will not do too well. Uh, <laughs> no, you? no, no. I, that's never been my. Um, no, I'm kidding. I don't think you're. Yeah, that, that's that never been calculated. like even when I headline and I have a feature, people are like, oh, do you like your feature to not be good? I'm like, not particularly. I like the audience to have a good time. And if and if I have to work. If I feel I have to work harder, then that is fucking on me. You know what I mean? That's my problem. No, and that, but, that meant a lot to me when I was probably 25, 26. Uh, and I was I was still much younger than a lot of people around. I, I mean, you're not that much older. I mean, I'm 36. How old are you? I'm fucking 46. I'm 10 okay. years older than you do. Well, so I, that's... I always felt really young compared to everybody around. But then I, you know, you talk to like Santino or someone, and him and I are the same age or you know, a lot yeah. of these guys that were knocking around, they just felt older to me. So I always felt like a young cat around all y'all. And so it was it was cool when you're like, let him open for me for the album. Because that's like, you want to be a good leadoff hitter too when you're young in the game. If you can just... Well, you're also that. on the album now. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't, you, I don't, the, oh, really? the, intro, the intro is you bringing me up. So oh, it's like... Fuck yeah. You're I like, ladies and gentlemen, it. John Huxley, it's you, you know, which isn't why I chose you. I, I think at the time... <laughs> I had done several shows with you. We were having a good, we, we, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I didn't want anybody who I had to like, you know, fucking deal with necessarily. It's like, <laughs> please do your time. Then bring up Brian. Then bring up, you know what I mean? It was, you like, it was like a Harloff regular show. Justin Timberlake bit. <laughs> I, lo- I, no, I'm, I don't I'm remember just, that bit, but was, I like Harloff. No, I love him too. That's what I was just trying to bring up. What's the most energetic bit that was done in room oh, five. Uh, I mean, have you ever seen, um, I, I think the, the most 
some of the most uh, the most intense energy I've seen on stage, besides like Brody Stevens and his like, yeah. you know what I mean, like real kind of like talk about Asperger's baseball memory. In it. Jesus oh. Christ, dude! I saw him in '04 in the Melrose Improv before when I was in college, just thinking about moving to LA, visiting uh, Brendan T. Gleason out there. And Brody comes on stage and is like, where are you from? And he, people would be like all over the place. And he could go, yep, Chris Archer came out of there. Where are you from? Yep. Uh, and I think he called on our tables like Tampa Jesuit. He's like, Lou Pinella, Rich McKay. Like he could list every famous. Whoa. Yeah. It was f- I'm saying it's weird because we were just talking about him. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we're talking about him about two hours ago. But yeah, uh, that yeah. energy is tough to follow too. Dude, abs- absolutely. I think um... – if you ever want to hear like a really good Brody talk, he we did a podcast with him about the Cubs winning the World Series because he was at all seven games and he only had a ticket to one. <laughs> and he like ended up just walking in, you know, and he like he always had he had this bit. He's like, I did, I went to great I went to I went to preschool with Kevin Millar. He had <laughs> frosted tips. Like it was just that kind of thing like he saw Millar waved at him goes down on the field for game six no press credentials just walking around and it's like the dude was something else man. yeah I got so to, it's a wild interview. I got to open for him once just randomly here in Tampa when Tripoli I was working with Tripoli for a weekend uh in Florida him and Red Band in Florida and like nice. Oddball was here and so we were trying to get someone to come come in from Oddball just come down he came down it was like Oh my god! I haven't seen this guy in like ten years, and he's just fucking ripping this. Yes, positive energy. Let's do yeah. it. Eight one eight till I die. No one knows what. No one knows. That's the the area code of Hollywood. It's just it's one of those things. Like the back of the room is dying, especially when the front of the room isn't getting it. You know what I mean? Like somehow that made me laugh even harder when people were like. What is happening? Why is he kicking? Why is he making high kicks? Like, what is he playing drums on a chair? Like, people were just, their minds were like, what is going on? I loved it. I was listening to uh, Speaking Highly now on iTunes, Ooh. Apple Podcasts. Nice so we, plug. Weave that in there on Spotify and all that, too. Uh, and Pandora, yeah. With our old friend Amy, uh, or my old friend I haven't talked to in a while, Amy Dresner, who I'm going to reach yeah. out to because I her story is so interesting. I didn't know she wrote... I forgot she wrote the book. I want to go buy it now about addiction. Book is great, dude. It's really, it's really, it's, I mean, at times it's heartbreaking, but it's a good, good book. Like she does, a, she puts it all out there, man. She did that to help other people and it worked. Yeah. And I'm, I definitely want to read it and then ask her to come on. I'm going to piggyback your guests. I'm just going to go through. Dude, can oh, Garrett Morris come on? Can you give me his info? Yeah, I can give you everybody's info, dude. They're, everyone I've had on. <laughs> It's cool, man. <laughs> we'll just piggyback because we're our own booking too. Uh, but <laughs> what's it yeah? Called? I mean, I book. I I have to call these people. You know what I mean? I call them direct and like. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But sometimes I, I, I guess I would put you in that category. You could have someone booking for you. You couldn't. I don't know. I just I'll lean towards. Oh, uh, I I would rather other. like I want to reach out to people. Like, here's what I like about the podcast I'm doing now. Like, it's a it's a positive podcast. It's basically about anything I like that I think is cool yeah. or neat or inspiring, or uh, entertaining. And when you hit people up and you say, that's what my show is about, and I want you as a guest, because I think you're those things, most people aren't like, how dare you call me inspiring, positive, <laughs> yeah. and entertaining. I fuck you and your podcast. It's like never like that. It's Most people get back to me like, oh, wow, what a, yeah, I, that, thank you. That's great. I would love to do that. Yeah, and we oh, Garrett though I've known Garrett for a while. He didn't even know what the podcast was. He agreed to do it. <laughs> he, did, he didn't know. He thought y'all were just talking. 
Dude, he goes, what's this show called? I go, it's called Speaking Highly. And he goes, oh, and then he lights up a joint. I'm like, no, 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 you don't have to. It's not about, and he goes, whatever. And I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> I can hear it more. One of the first cast members of SNL. I mean, that, right? Is yeah, that, dude. Yeah, yeah. He was, he, I mean, his stories, that first? dude goes. Yeah, I remember he used to be the guy that would be, they'd, they'd put like a little circle. He'd be yelling. Uh, I forget the bit. He, he, well, it's news for the hard of hearing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he, he, was the, he was the last person cast. Oh. But he was in the first original, not no ready for kidding. primetime players cast. So wow, yeah, yeah he has. Yeah. He had a club out there, right in downtown L.A. Or he, I mean, let's that's throwing the word around loosely. I don't know. Club. <laughs> oh I'm, man, I haven't been to L.A. since Auburn lost to FSU in the national championship. So it's been a while. I don't know when that was, but when was that? When Come we? On, got... It's 2014, early 2014 for the 2013 season. But yeah, well, I mean, his he had a it was down there. It was like a roving. We called it the Roman Comedy Club because like one day it would be in this one restaurant, and then the next week his show would be in a dilapidated like it looked like they were squatting in a, a burnt out coffee shop for a second. It was like always you were, you were ahead of your time with it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right. How it is now are you are you getting up on stage? So that, I mean, that's why it's good to reach out for our podcast in the same uh, kind of the same kind of approach because. Look, we, we talk about we just want to be, be vessels of uh, people who are smarter than us, vessels of good information. And uh, look, everybody's entrepreneurial in some direction or another. Sometimes you're in a corporate position. We talked about being an intrapreneur where you're stuck in middle management, but you got to be the best person within. Uh, that could be easily a comedian working on a sitcom that they're the second banana on or something like that. But I love talking to comedians because we're very grimy uh, in the sense that we'll find stuff that's kind of latest technology or latest wave uh, uh, a lot of the time for self-interest but for because your own career, which isn't a bad thing. It sounds like I'm being kind of uh, pejorative, but I think you're always having to constantly... Um, evolve. Evolve and calibrate yourself. Mm -hmm. And when I was listening to you with that interview with Amy, you talked about... Uh, rolling back from the booze and i knew you as a, a booze party guy like i was but not to the point where it seemed detrimental i could tell you weren't something that you know you could party hard you might go on a string of that you're gonna feel like shit probably but it didn't feel like you're boozy alcoholic -y boozy and i was listening to that you said you pulled back uh it is that for a little bit of your own self-calibration to like focus it on work it was it was uh, it was a couple of different things, you know. I I had gone to a concert and I kind of blacked out, and I was like, "Dude, what am I? Doing? I'm forty in my forties. Like, why do I? I paid money for that show, and I don't remember it. I have to go look up the set list online. Like, it was just I was really. I paid money for an ABBA cover van, and I don't yeah, how did I get? I don't even what is this? What is this ticket stub? I don't even remember but I, Dancing it, Queen. This is bullshit. <laughs> It was, you know, and then had my just my body just didn't. As you get older, you don't bounce. Like when my twenties and my thirties, I could drink all day and go to sleep and wake up and go to work. And now it's like I had to clear my schedule if I had a hangover. You know, I it was just not, it was just not fun anymore. It's like how I've quit everything. Like when I didn't want to smoke cigarettes anymore, I just go, eh, I don't want to do this anymore, and I just quit. Like I, I don't. It's wow. not. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm not saying there's not. There weren't times in the early on where I was like, man. I want to drink because I don't know what else to do. And this is what I would normally do. But once you fill that with, oh, I can do anything I want, 
except drink. And then it's everything is wide open. Like mm-hmm. my comedy got better. Being on the road was more fun because I would go venture out into cities instead of being hung over in a hotel room all day. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. doing comedy, I would go, I would do the show. I'd get plastered. I'd go to bed. I'd wake up and then sleep all day and then do that again. And that sucks. You know it's, what I mean? It's like, miserable. And it's boring. It's not it, fun, dude. especially when you can go out, get material, walking around whatever shithole town you're in. And, and that's not to say I do shit. I'm just saying you can go get material. You can walk around. You can enjoy yourself. You don't have to like don't worry, there's the not dark. a lot of city councils listening to this. Like, no, I know. Like, <laughs> you can talk shit about Omaha. Fuck this. Some, some aldermen's heard this. <laughs> uh, so wh- where are you at with your career? How are you How are you going forward with everything? You, you've started uh, speaking highly. You're probably episode, as we record this, episode nine uh, or eight or nine or something like that. Yeah, uh, nine is coming out this week, yeah. What I'm always curious how my comedian buddies are that – I mean, that is your main bread and butter as far as income, uh, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, at least comedy is. For the most part, like I do, I was fortunate. I've, I've gotten some writing gigs here and there. And then I've done, I do a lot of producing. Like I used to produce punk. I used to produce. So I go back and sort of get, step it back into that world and, and do very well. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I was starting to make a lot of headway with the comedy. It was like, like 2020 was going to be the year when yeah. you know, I lined up. <laughs> I lined up a lot of like headline dates and I wasn't because I got very fortunate. I hooked up with this guy, Dan Cummins, who took me on the road and Dan. And you have the best pictures with him on Instagram where you're creeping behind him. Those are the funniest things to me. Started doing that (laughs) uh, on a whim because he was, he gets a line of people and I was just kind of in the, I'm standing there with him. You know, I'm selling my CDs, but I'm like, "Ah, I'm going to fuck around here because it's funny people would come running back in like, oh my God, you took the thing. Like they would get all the way home. They would post a picture and people in the, on the comments were like, who's the psycho in the background? <laughs> like no one knew I was the feature comic. Bomb. Just never smile, always psychotic looking. And dude, people started request, hey, can you do that to me? Can you do that to our picture? Could you do that to us? Hey, Not can I pose with enough. Dan doing that and you with me? And like we, people get real, I mean, and that's, I should say people, his fans, are um really solid human beings well, I'm a t- you know what i'm I mean? a time like, sucker i i, I oh yeah. dude yeah those I people the- that show when i couldn't my daughter was the probably like 2017 my daughter was a baby she didn't sleep through the night and i was like i have to listen to she would sleep on my chest some most of the nights and some Can't of those laugh. nights were the only time she would go to sleep if she just slept on me and i was losing my mind like insomnia wise and i found time sucked through Bert's podcast when he was on there and I just latched onto that and then I became like oh I'm a total dork for this show but uh, I love that show I love the concept because a lot of comedians have the obsessive I'm going to be obsessed with this one thing for a week and then pretty much not not do much more. Yeah, but it goes not, back to the history. I mean, like, yes. I mean, that's I think it's a man thing, but a lot of guys, it's like right. I, I love that. Just and like Dan down. has said, he's going to be going down those rabbit holes anyway. Right. That's how right. he. When, when there are certain people, when they get online, they're like, "Hey, what about robot dogs?" And then they're just like, "Boom!" And then it's a whole three days of robot dog videos. You know what I mean? It's like that's how Dan works anyway when he gets interested in something he goes really into it so the podcast made perfect sense for him you know what i mean it was like and also i will say this when you do something you love it will succeed like he was he had failed podcasts he was he moved out of la and then he was like i'm gonna do this thing the way i want to do this thing and because that's how i like it and then of course 
fuck, he's got four podcasts going now. He's basically building a podcast empire in Idaho. In Coeur d'Alene, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. In a well, nice house where he's got his kid. I mean, you know, the dude's... It's inspirational he, he for wins. us. I mean, we're out of Tampa. It's not, it's not the hotbed of, of getting guests in, you know, getting them in person when we get, you know, more studio guests. But it is one of those things. It is like the good, the good will rise to the top if you keep pushing on it. I mean, we just it's won, a numbers game, man. We just won a Global Excellence Award yeah. for Best Small Medium Business Enterprise Podcast in the United States. So, Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we don't know. What is the... Lux the, Life Global Excellence Award. Yeah, it's, we did. it's good. LuxLife.com. Well, yeah. They don't have anything for you guys to like... Like an award award, you can put up and go, look at what we want. We're, we're, we're going to order our we're own. We're going to make our own. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a it'll be right statue here, with like it'll a be behind, teeth. It'll be sitting right here. It like, will be obnoxious, yeah. and you will see it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, like I won Best of Tampa, uh, Best Management Consultant two years in a row. And it's from a, it's from a company that pretty much makes money off of selling trophies, selling awards. Well, that one wasn't, That's was it? That's really yeah. funny. They gave you an award? It yeah, it's a trophy the scam. They it was want the you discount buy, bin. They want you to buy this trophy for two hundred and fifty bucks. Look, and all, part of my ego's like, fuck it, fuck it. No, all these people see that in my trophy. office. No, the the thing that looks like what they do is they give out the awards and they say, listen, you don't have to pay for anything, but if you want to, we will, you know, pimp you out hardcore. We'll put you in the magazine if you want to pay for it and all that stuff. We still won the award, didn't pay him a dime. But we could have really parlayed it if we wanted to spend some money on it and like put it out there. That's the same thing as the trophy scam. Is like, what a it weird! Is, I, mean, tro- I don't understand. Yeah. Like you won, give us money, and we'll put you in the magazine. Yeah, it's it's a sneak. we're on their website. And, okay, and like it's it's up there to see. But yeah. you know, uh, you know, we could have paid to have it much more uh, publicized. I here's guess. why. Here's why it works because I think of a bigger marketing department in that realm because we've been in those worlds and it's like oh well i'm gonna justify my career here at this job because mm-hmm. we wanted a podcast here so i'm gonna i'm gonna pay for us to get in their magazine because they scratch my back i'm gonna kind of scratch theirs and you know we got to spend our ad spend money by the end of whatever the budget time is usually the end of the year so they'll put it in there and they'll throw it back at them so they can win it the next year it justifies your job there uh, as a CMO or marketing director mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what we get hit up. I get hit up. I don't know if you get hit up as much as I do just because I'm a LinkedIn whore, but uh, I get hit up all the time to go on people's podcasts because they want it. They want a, it's a lead generation thing for their business. Yeah. Because well, you're in the marketing, more in the marketing than I am. Right. But I'm saying like, but just LinkedIn wise, it's the only reason they're getting my info. And I just say yes to all of them because it's like, what is 20 minutes? I, and little do they know you call them out right at the end. And you're like, oh, just, how's this lead gen I, thing yeah. going for you guys? Yeah. Sweet the podcast. Com- the comic in me can't not say something. Cutting, <laughs> yeah. Right? And that's, that's the thread we're trying to go down is maybe there is a route in this kind of businessy. There's not really a business comedy podcast. We like to say we're the number one because there isn't one. But – why did you I, have to say that? Nobody knows. Huck <laughs> was thinking it, but I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I was saying, writing down research other business comedy podcasts. But I'm saying yeah. I like I one li- result on Google. I like your approach with your podcast of positivity because in a world full of negative kind of kind of talking in the comedy kind of perspective, let's put it under the comedy umbrella, right? There's not a lot of things that are reaching out in that 
almost um, optimistic way, in that positive way. Hey, I think this is great. I think, can you come on and talk about that? And, it, you know, we talk a lot about fake it till you make it can, is really placebo effect can't help, you know, or, or motivation is temporary, but it can help, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you just if you like what you're doing, just keep going. And when you like, I found the idea of that podcast just thinking about doing another podcast. It wasn't like something I'd been ruminating on. I was like, I only want to talk about what I like, and and what I like ranges from, you know, um, camping to marine biology to Saturday Night Live to my so-called life to whatever I fucking want to talk about. You know what I mean? And being able to find guests along those lines. And, and we focus on, I've never wanted to focus like on, I think my first podcast, I probably did it when I, I would, I would drink while I would do it. So sometimes we would bash things like, fuck that, that's stupid, you know, <laughs> but like, I never really want to do that because it, I, I heard a saying from Dean Del Rey, which is pretty much how I, what I put, it's like, we say on my podcast, celebrate what's great. He said, promote what's great, but I took it to celebrate what's great, not what you hate. Like, there's no reason if I, there's a bunch of shit I don't like. There's a lot of people I don't like. There's a lot of things I don't like. I don't, why talk about those things? Why talk about those people when I could shine light on things I do like, things I do give a shit about? And then my comedy has sort of evolved in that sense too. Like it's not as negative anymore. It's still goofy and I'm still the butt of most of the jokes, but it's got a little bit more of a, of a message at the end. Yeah, you're, you're reminding me of something I used to tell myself. Instead of a set, in doing a setup, go, I, I don't, I hate this. I just, I would always spin it until I love, even if I hated what I was talking about, I love when I see that Buick with all the stuffed animals in the back. It's yep, from a dude. different state, and they're driving slow in the left lane. I got to get around because I, I really love to see their fucking face. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Because they're oh, so goddamn it. terrible. Oh, I love this. And for some reason, and, and, uh, almost faking, a, even if I'm in a bad mood before you go on stage, even faking a little bit of a smile. Just it, for <laughs> me, for me, worked because I have resting bitch face. Like my daughter, yeah. I'm potty training her, and she literally tells me, "Dad, smile." And I'm like, "That's what men are supposed to say to women out in public." <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> no, I, you should I, smile more. She thinks I'm thinking about stuff, and she thinks I'm being a dick. And she's right. three, and she just doesn't know. Like she's. That that is your. But she can read your face, and your face right. looks mean. Right. Oh yeah. And so, well, I. Yeah. Oh, I, I wish it looked like yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's a vermilion. I'm, yeah, I'm the same way though. Furrowed like, brow. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm dehydrated, the vein in the forehead because I got the big noggin that's protruding out. Um, we, we really kind of uh, gab like gals. I, I have more questions for you, but we kind of keep these to around 34, 35 minutes. We do want to ask you one question. We ask everybody. That comes yeah. on. What advice would you give your 13-year-old self? Because this podcast, if it's anything, it's to give really pragmatic advice or you know, hand any pragmatic advice down. We found that this question's at least a setup to a silly answer if you want to do one. But no, I you tra I, I you time travel, you get a young Red redheaded John Huck, you were more redheaded, right? Yeah, yeah, I was strawberry blonde, but yeah, I was. I saw some it old was redder. I was like, Whoa! Uh, my when I was thirteen, my beard was more red. Okay, your beard, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the Midwestern toughness. So you grab, you can grab him by his Oshkosh bagosh, uh, overall lapels that I imagine he's in. No and, shirt, and you go, you can tell him something. Yeah, no shirt for sure. Uh, and tell him one thing. What would you tell him? 
I would tell him celebrate what's great. I would tell him stop focusing on things that you don't like or stop thinking about the negative side of things and to move over because there's no you'll you'll just you'll be in a better place mentally and physically if you are not so fucking angry. And that was because I was a pretty uh, angry kid. And I think um, I think that's what I would say. I would say, calm down, dude. Probably maybe slap him a little bit and then say, T- take it down a notch. Yeah. That, I can't see that. I can't see you being an angry kid. That's crazy to me. I wasn't, it wasn't like I walked around punching mailboxes off there. You know, I was like, it Thanks. just, yeah, it just, it was, and, and look, a lot of it was probably just being a high schooler and not being insecure and being, you know, oh, these girls don't like me or this fucking group of idiots doesn't like me or whatever, you know the kind of shit that plays out in a high school kid's mind, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good sure. advice. Yeah. We talk a lot about reducing that radio noise, uh, as adults Dude. now. And that's, yeah. That's, and and that's over, you, don't, don't overthink. Don't think so much. Don't, don't worry about, don't think about what am I going to do if I'm late for work tomorrow? What am I going to, you're not right. late yet. You're not, right. don't mm-hmm. think like that. Don't think ahead. Just focus on what you're doing right in front of you. Right. Right. D- yeah. Stop overthinking. Just do more. Uh, is another yeah it's another theme that comes up well just live just live in the present moment so you know i mean don't you're not the past is done you can't move you can't travel into the future to see what's going to happen no second past now is guaranteed Mm -hmm. it's not like you're going to travel back to the 1993 chicago black talk team of chris chelios mark goulier jeremy roenick steven steve smith wow Hold on, I can do it all. You could just make uh, it up Be- from Ed here. Belfort, Is that your uncle? Ed Damn. Belfort and uh, I can't remember the other defenseman. That used to be my squad in the NHL 93. Oh, ah. before before the Lightning? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I get it. I almost, nice, dude. I can't get that other defenseman. It's going to fucking – or Steve Lamar? Lamar? Maybe. Yeah. We don't guy. know. Maybe I was, I was hoping he knew. I was, I was like, "This yeah. is gonna knock his fucking socks off." <laughs> it did because I'll tell you something. I didn't start watching hockey until like mid early two thousands. When I was a kid, the Blackhawks weren't on TV, oh, so man. so I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't watch. My dad didn't follow hockey, so I watched Bears games and I the Cubs were on when I came home from kindergarten. But that was it. I got into the Bulls as I got older because sure. I started to like basketball, and they were, and obviously with Jordan, they were Everybody. everywhere. Love the Bulls, sure. <clears throat> right, but then like the Hawks, it was like I did a commercial with a friend of mine who was from Chicago that I, he was like, oh, I'm a Cubs fan. He goes White Sox, and he goes Hawks. I go, I don't really watch hockey. He goes, well, let's change that. And dude, I got hooked like two years before they won that first cup in 2000 or the whatever the cup in 2010. Yeah. So it was like it was the perfect time. Like I got right like they had got, come off a decade of being terrible, and they just started to kick ass. And I was like, oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was really good. Who did they beat in the finals? that year was it the lightning no not that year i went to that i went to that one of those uh stanley cup games that was the that was the third one that was the third one they won in the Uh, in the in that three so the first one was against the flyers uh uh-huh the second one was against the bruins and then the third one was against the lightning Uh. yeah and that bruins one the first game went into triple overtime and they played full periods they played two games that first game yeah it's crazy it was insane yeah, and the, the, those hockey players, that's how they kind of live their life As to kind of bring it all kind of tied in. Like, they're very much about the present. They're very much now. They're very humble. They don't worry about a lot of stuff. you ever talked to any of those hockey players? It's always we, not I. I know, I know. Mm. It, it's, they're, it's, team, they're team players. Right. They give their teeth for the other guys, yeah. So, uh, Dude, I love hockey players. They're great. 
Well, we loved having you on, man. Uh, we'll have you on again. Uh, yeah. Anytime you want to come on and promote anything you got coming up, let us know. Oh, I, right now I'm just promoting that podcast. Hope people want to check it out. It's very good, man. I love the one Thank with you, you and Amy, dude. Uh, Thank you, man. Thank you. All right. Well, we, uh, we're out of here. Yeah, man. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks.